0: Welcome into the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network. The Fan Checkdown is presented by ProLine Plus, the only sportsbook where 100% of the profits go back to Ontario. Matt Marchese, Donovan Bennett with you here. We're here today, but next Tuesday, for those in the greater Toronto area, we will be at Real Sports, 11 a.m. Eastern. We'll be doing the show from there. I like that place. It's cool. It's good food. Great food. I haven't been there in a while, actually. I don't I don't trek downtown a lot um, if I don't have to be here for work. Like, are you you've been in this business longer than I have, and you've covered a lot more events than I have. But as a spectator, do you enjoy going to live sporting events?
1: Yeah, I do.
0: And you live a lot closer to the city too, so that's
1: I mean, listen, I think it loses its novelty for sure when you're going to games for work. But I do enjoy, there's something about the vibe in a city. Big game, big night, team on a roll. There's just an energy to it that if you're not around it, you miss it. So I I, I do enjoy a big game night. I'm a homebody.
0: I like watching everything from my couch.
1: Both things can be true.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just I just don't – generally speaking, I don't like people.
1: But Leafs playoff game, mm. no interest. No. Too crazy for me. What's what's crazy? I just don't like to
0: get down here, and, like, it's just too much. I was down covering the, the overtime loss to the Panthers in which they were ousted from the playoffs last year. I was covering that. I was in the press box. I was doing a show the next day. So they're like, hey, do you want to go?
1: I'm like, yeah, sure. Listen, I'm not opposed to a, and some call it an Irish exit. I'm, I'm,
0: I'm the not, Irish goodbye. I'm not. I'm not
1: Irish, so I, I can't confirm or deny.
0: As it. an Italian, you you go straight to jail if you do that. If you leave early. If you leave early, don't say goodbye to everybody. Like that you can't is, just
1: dip out a side door. Oh
0: man, that is jail. Straight to jail.
1: Even if it means you beat traffic. Yeah, oh which yeah. is which is real. You get in cru- the city.
0: you get crucified
1: for that stuff. Okay. I mean, at
0: family events. At a sporting event, I've left early. I've left a Bills game early because it was windy and raining and they were killing the Raiders. I'm like, man eh,
1: we're good to go home. The 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 commute home from a Bills game is longer than the Bills game. Oh, it's awful. It's the worst. It's the worst.
0: Um, Adam Rank, NFL Network and the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank joins us. You
2: like live sporting events because I feel like you go to a lot yeah. of Angels games. I do. Oh, absolutely. I go to a ton of live sporting events not only on the professional level, on the college level. Uh, there is a university, a Division three university, of which I teach a sports broadcasting oh, class. Nice. We, do a, we do a thing where we go out and we, we watch the game and we do a report on it, uh, a live hit, so to speak. So uh, everybody goes out and practices. And uh, I was at an AYSO game, a, a American Youth Soccer Organization game over the weekend. Uh, my daughter's friend, who is on the the, for lack of a better term, it's an all-star team. Okay, uh, she was playing, so I was like, hey, "Let's go." So I do like the uh, I do like the sporting events. I do still like going a football games. I could sometimes take or leave, which is bad because, like as you said, when you get paid for it or it's your job, it's a little bit different as opposed to like, hey, I really like going to to baseball games, so I go to a lot of those. I might not go to as many now because of uh, what's going on in Anaheim, but. Still, we'll probably you know go to a good, uh, a good amount of them. I will say this though, about the, about the Irish goodbye, which I love. <laughs> the Irish goodbye is the most polite thing that you can do. It is It, it really just frees up your night. You talk about like how it's, it takes three hours to get back from a bill's game. Like how much time do you waste leaving? Like I almost want to start leaving as, as soon as I arrive because it's going to take so long to get out of there. That I might as well start now. Like, hey, good. You know, I got to go. And just other, otherwise, the Irish goodbye is very pleasant. Uh, you get a text the next day like, oh, we missed you when you were leaving. Like, oh, yeah. You know, what? and especially now that you have kids. You're like, oh, yeah, the kid was starting. To That's act the best up, excuse. Had, a, had, an, had an easy out. You know what? Oh, yeah. Nobody questions it. My favorite thing to do, though, and I'm a pioneer of this, and I need everybody in Canada listening to me to be very cool about this. Don't blow my cover. Is uh, I pull the Irish hello. And what that is, is I pretend that I'm at an event where I'm not even there. (laughs) And it's good. It's good. It's good for it's good for work events. Uh, We used to have we used to have a uh, our work party was at some place in Santa Monica, California. And every year I would pull on Irish hello. And I would I would have a photo and I would post these on my Instagram stories like, hey, NFL party tonight. And I'd have a photo of me in a suit like here's here's today's here's tonight's fit check. And then uh, then I would go home and I would go to a sushi restaurant and I would have a photo of me like sitting at a booth, uh, a photo of a rocks glass with uh, some liquid in it, uh, a a shot of the outside. Like, hey, look at the sky tonight. Isn't it gorgeous? Or you can't tell where you're at because there's an outside portion of this venue Uh, and a couple of things. And people, you know, if I got industrious, I would actually go to the place or pull off a place like a photo from the website. Like if it was at the bungalow in Santa Monica, I would down. I would go onto somebody's Instagram. I would go use the hashtag or like use the the location device and hit a photo from the bungalow that was recent and then post it. Like, oh my god, bungalow is amazing tonight. And then I would get texts from coworkers. Be like, oh my god, I missed you. Where were you? I'm like, I was in the. Where were you? Like I was outside. I'm like, well, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I was inside at the bar. Uh, Teresa was the bartender because nobody, you know, especially. NFL people, like, they're not personable. They're not going to ask the bartender's name. So, uh, and, you know, I'm taking a risk that there was a female bartender, but <laughs> typically there is. Uh, and, yeah, be like, oh, yeah, and then, you know, do this. I've actually one time, and I feel bad, uh, there is a a coworker of mine who fell for it multiple years. She even was told once what was happening and then fell for it. Uh, we had an intern recently who was – who was in? Who this this intern got had, and he loved it so much that the following year he's like, "Can I be a part of this? Can I help do the thing?" So he he took a photo of me, like took a photo of me from behind, and was like, "Hey!" And then he posted it, like, "Here's ranks at this party, like really nice kind of stuff." <laughs> so the Irish, uh, the Irish, hello, patent pending. A couple things. One, you don't feel bad
1: because I, <laughs> I can you hear doing you it. grinning <laughs> through oh, the I know. line. Like, you're so proud, and, and you're now trying to poison the well, get other people to do the same thing. Too. You're basically the Tinder swindler. Like, you yeah. are going through this elaborate
2: plan. It sounds yeah, like gotten... more, more work than just going to the event and leaving early. A little bit, yeah. You know, actually, one year, um, poor Erin Coscarelli, I'm like, oh, I'll meet you there. She's like, okay, and then ride it, like, when the party was starting at 5 I'm like, hey, you know what? My phone's dying. I'm going to run over. I, of course, go online and search. Like, yeah, there's an Apple store on 3rd. So I got to go there and try to find a cord. So if if my text messages start falling off. Oh, man. Uh, you got to understand. <laughs> and then, of course, um, you know, then uh, things happen. So uh it didn't. It did work. This is diabolical. But, uh, People are going to start it is. checking
1: no, the security cameras to no, see no, no. if you actually went to events. Yeah.
0: No, Rank, I am totally on your side with this. As someone who doesn't like to be away from home, generally speaking, I just, I'm just i very comfortable in my humble abode.
1: But then you should be comfortable enough to be like, I'm not going. Like I don't like any of you no, enough because I don't to want spend the... my personal time with but you. But I
0: also don't want that perception of me either, and I think that's what Rank's getting yeah. at here too. Oh yeah,
2: you don't want to be seen as that person See? who just doesn't show up to events. Don't be no, too much to, of a you social You want to be seen butterfly. as the person
1: who makes this elaborate scheme.
2: <laughs> <laughs> because it it also lends to your aura. When people yes. find out about it, they're like, yeah, like you guys, you're just like, oh, that's genius. I wish I would have thought of that. It is genius. So that so there's the thing. That's I'm just the, envisioning
1: like Claire Danes in Homeland, where she had the board of like all of the suspects. She's piecing it together. And this is like what you're doing. To figure yeah. out how you're going to say that you went to a party that you didn't. Okay, there's an Apple store on Third. Rank has the I, secret I, closet. That you open move the
0: suits, and there's the secret yeah. in the closet. Yeah, this, yeah. Uh, this, there it is.
1: There, there's an easy answer to this, Does and it's go? well, well, the, that would be one. But the, the one is the is the prenup. The the early goodbye. Like, listen, I'm going to say goodbye now in case. I don't see you again. And then there isn't the obligation to find someone. They're in a conversation. You wait for them to end that conversation because you don't want to interrupt. Now you wanted to leave. You've been there for 15, 20 minutes. Then finally you say goodbye. You get caught in a conversation with them. Someone else sees you. But they then you want to talk. Go. Then you don't want to be re- rude. You just say early, hey, listen, in, in case I miss you later, thank you for having this party. Lovely to see you. We should do this again sometime. And then you can dip out the side exit whenever you want because you've laid the groundwork that i appreciate you as a person but i'm not going to make my final destination saying to you nice to see
0: you no donovan doesn't get yeah. this rank he, he yeah.
2: he's still on the part of going which you are not yeah. about i didn't chuckle once for whole thing. that's not a great story your story was like it's delightful but like no like you gotta you gotta make it a thing uh, and then it becomes your thing. And then you become, a. then you're known as aloof and then you're never expected to go anywhere. It's yeah. like, oh, I'm not going to invite you. my friend. Uh, he works for Yahoo sports, Matt Harmon. He got married uh, a couple of years ago in Palm Springs, which is about 90 minutes from where I live. He was really worried that I was going to Irish hello, his wedding. And I, I could not express to him enough. I go, I'm not, I would just not, I would just decline your wedding. I know what goes into planning a wedding. I know the costs. I know the, you know, like it, it costs a lot of money. Like you got, what is it? 90, like a hundred bucks a person. Like, like I never would do that. That is, that is, especially for somebody's wedding, first wedding, uh, never would do that. And so, uh, I had to, con- it was a great convincing. So i I was so I've become so known and so good at this that I had to convince somebody that I wasn't going to Irish. Hello, them. And then after he got married and we were at the reception and everything, he's hanging out. He's like, you know what though? He's like, he's like, I'm happy that you're here. got I love that you're here. But he's like, in a in a small way, I'm disappointed because I I could only imagine the lengths that you would have gone to, to to say that I'll go. Oh, I would have been at this venue. Uh, I would have gone to a wedding held here. Uh, I would have taken photo, you know, like I would have done. I would have figured out where the reception was. I would have done the whole thing, but no, uh, I did actually show up to the wedding. So there, there are some lines that even me, uh, a noted bad person, won't cross.
1: Can I ask you a wedding etiquette question, please? My brother's, you know, engaged, getting married. I've been married, so he funnels all the questions to me. This one I don't have a good answer for. The person who asks for a plus one, so it's it's Rich Paul saying, "Hey, listen, you want LeBron." you got to sign Tristan Thompson or Contavious Caldwell Pope. <laughs> I, if I'm coming, if I Aaron need Rogers, a plus If you're Aaron Rodgers,
0: you need to sign Alan Lazard and yes, Randall Cobb. <laughs> that's right.
1: I, and, and how do we feel about that? Should you automatically give someone a plus one? Do you need to know who their partner is? Do they need to have a partner? Can you, can you ask for a plus one? Where are we in the year of 2024, my Lord, with plus ones?
2: Well, it depends on your age bracket. I mm-hmm. think that for younger people, this was a real... A, a different, actually, you know what now? Cause I don't, I don't know. People go through different stages of life. I really do believe that if you don't know the person's plus one, like you don't know that they have a girlfriend or you don't know this or anything like that. You, you don't, you don't give the, the automatic plus one. My only, my only uh, prerequisite for this thing is that if you are having a wedding, and you're inviting your friend Donovan, who is single and unattached, well, then you have to find an equally matched uh, suitable person for them of the whatever the the preference is to also be at that wedding and also be at the same table so you also can you know foster maybe something because part of the fun of going to weddings, especially when you're a young person, a young single person, is you're gonna bring. You're going to bring uh, you're going to bring uh, you're going to, you're going to invite somebody, right? You're going to invite a young lady for me, so to speak. I remember this, uh, years ago, I was the best man at a wedding and, uh, my friend was, uh, getting married obviously. And he goes, Oh, and he invited, I go, Oh, I go, you're inviting this person. He's like, yeah, he's like, I didn't know you were close. He's like, we're not, but she's she's a single lady and you don't have, you're not going out with anybody and you're not getting a plus one. So we just figured this, uh, it would be easier for you. You have a date without having a date, so to speak. And if if it's cool, then you guys can hang out. And if not, you have no obligations to hang out with this person. And I thought that that was, you know, you got to kind of keep it, you know, you got to kind of foster an environment that if if you're not allowing plus ones that you sort of allow plus ones, if that makes it, I'm sometimes it would be easier to be like, you know, i bring somebody. I don't want to think about it. But I think for the most part, when you're planning a wedding again, because of the cost and like, if somebody's like, I don't, I, I'm not bringing somebody who has been there that you've been with for six weeks because this person's going to end up being in a lot of photos and we don't want to be going through this photo album, or photo album, one of my 90, um, you don't want to be going through a photo album years when i like, who is this person? Like, why? An IG who is carousel. This? Yeah, you know, you're going through an IG carousel. You're like, who is that? Who is that person? Who? Why is somebody wearing Chuck Taylors with the? You know, whatever it is, <laughs> uh, they got to be part of the group or something. So, I'm. Uh, and if somebody asked for a plus one, I'd almost uninvite them. Like, how <laughs> dare you? Like, how no, no, like, no, 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 no. You don't. You don't get to dictate the guest list. No, I'm out. Matt, I envision Rank
1: like an NFL scout at the Indianapolis Combine. Just <laughs> looking at the bouquet toss, being like, okay, caught caught it with their hands. Good burst off the line. Like, okay, very desirous of catching that bouquet. I see he, him evaluating the field of prospects yeah. at a wedding.
0: Yeah, probably. I, I'll tell you what the – for me, the correct answer is – If you are inviting a lot of people to your wedding, an extra one person is not going to be a big deal. If you have Mm -hmm. a small wedding, then I can see where there would be an issue. I invited 295 people to my wedding. That's that's not a a word of a lie. So an extra one didn't matter. And I knew 10% weren't going to show up anyway. I was going to
2: say, yeah, you're shocked at how many people don't show up for a wedding. Yeah. Like I was... I was floored. Really? I'm like nobody that's would a miss thing? a wedding. Oh yeah. I, oh yeah. I, I invited. Like, I was shocked. said yes, and then just no, 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 show? No, 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 they no, don't. no, 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 no. They don't. No,
0: no. They say no. Oh, I. See. I I invited two. I think it was two ninety two and two fifty showed up. Yeah. So I mean, it, that's I only very had common. one
2: person. You had one person stiff us. We had one person stiff. Somebody canceled in the last week, uh, to the point of like where you're calling people. It was actually kind of. Uh, like calling people up and be like, Hey, you know what? Like we had a cancellation for this wedding and like typically, and I, you know, I don't want to be stereotypical. No, no. Cause actually, no, it didn't. It was both genders. So yeah. Like people, you would call up and be like, Hey, you know what? Like, honestly, we had to kept the wedding at this number. Uh, but a spot opened up. Do you want to go? And like every person was like, yeah, like, yeah, thanks for, thanks for this. And I'm like, so sorry. And I'm like, no, no, and everybody got it too. They're like, Oh yeah, of course. Like weddings are expensive. Like it's cool. And, um, Everybody, yeah, were, we're able to show up. It was kind of fun.
1: I can't believe Njoku just didn't show up like that.
2: <laughs> right? That was before we were
0: estranged. It was uh... it was tough. Um okay, so so now we're at the point and we're gonna try and swing this to football. We went like 18 minutes and talk football, but it's really a really great conversation.
2: Really? You need me to sit here and be like, I like the 49. No, no, it. I we don't, understand. I don't even,
0: I don't even want to talk about the, I mean, we can talk about the four teams, but I'm actually more curious about this. So every year, you know, we go through the coaching carousel and yeah. everybody wants to find their significant other. There's the, there's the hook. And you know, the there there's head coaching candidates and it's like the bachelor where, and I don't watch it. Donovan does. I know that. so, Everybody wants to get their roles, all that good stuff. And then there's some names that you look and go, well, why isn't that guy part of the conversation? And this year, and maybe it's because of what we've seen from him in the past, but we've also seen him make incredible adjustments all year. And that's Steve Spagnuolo. You know, it Mm. was Lou Anarumo was the guy. Oh, Lou Anarumo is going to get a job. Look at all these interviews he's got. Now it's kind of changed to the offensive guys are the ones getting all the love, which I understand. Why hasn't Steve Spagnuolo gotten any love during this coaching carousel? Because what he's done with that Kansas City defense should absolutely not go unnoticed here.
2: Yeah, I still believe whenever a guy does not perform very well in his first coaching stint, that it still will continue to, to haunt them. And I know everybody loves to point it like, well, what about Bill Belichick? Like Bill Belichick was actually excellent. In Cleveland. Cleveland had a winning record. If I remember this correctly, forgive me if I get the years wrong. They had a winning record. Wow, what year did they move? So they had a winning record in 94. And going into the 95 season, they were the Super Bowl favorites. And then they announced that they were moving. So this had to be like 96. Yeah, so it was 95. They were like 3-1. and one. And then it got found out that, hey, this team's moving. And you know how the Cleveland fan base is. I know how... Uh, firsthand how the Cleveland fan base is. So that season tanked. And then when they moved, they didn't bring Bill Belichick with them. They went with, uh, was it Tom Moore or somebody, some old guy. But in any event, a lot of guys, once you get that first go round, uh, if it doesn't end very well, you you don't get hurt from again. And I think this also lends itself to people being defensive guys. Like they don't like hiring defensive guys. And the trend Over the last couple of years has been to hire these offensive minded coaches, which makes a lot of sense because in some respects, you do want your head coach to be an offensive guru. That if he's not calling the plays, he's involved in the play calling because we see this. I think every team has had to replace their offensive coordinator since
0: 2022.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a problem. And if you have a quarterback that you're developing, and your offensive coordinator gets hired to go coach, uh, you know, the Seahawks or whatever, well, then you got to bring in another coordinator, and it's a it's a tough cycle. So, if you have a guy like a Mike McCarthy or Andy Reid or somebody like that who is like they're the stable force, they're going to continue to, to they're going to be the main source of continuity. That's why you want these offensive style players. So, I think that. Spagnuolo and out and Arumo have done a wonderful job of coordinating these defenses. But teams are, are slow to pull the trigger because they're like, well, you're going to have to bring in an offensive coordinator. And how long do you think this offensive coordinator is going to last? Because if it's good, uh, it's great. And then he's probably going to leave in a year. And if he's bad, that's terrible, then you have to fire him after two, And we're finding out, you know, something like that happening with the Chicago Bears. And the Bears are also the example of like, this is why it's tough for a defensive coach, and they're also the example of like sometimes hiring the offensive minded guy isn't the best thing too because Matt Nagy uh, was a little bit of a disaster. So, i I would love to see Lou get another opportunity, or not. Well, Lou, I would love to see get an opportunity. Love to see Spags also get an opportunity. I just don't think it's happening, and I don't. I don't know. I just think the default for these these. These coaches and these uh, these organizations are now just going with the offensive-minded guy, or a special teams coordinator. I feel like Brock Purdy
1: is a Roar Shark test. How you say it, Roar Shark? Huh. Where you, yeah. it, no matter who you are, you look at it and you see different things. And thus, we are having this Brock Purdy conversation, where like two different sides with different takes are screaming at each other and they're arguing different things in a way, kind of like the Kaepernick argument, although the stakes are much different, just both happen to be Niner quarterbacks at some point. W- right. w- give me your take on the Brock Purdy takes and how yeah. it seems like it's a, almost like a culture war. It says something about you and whether you're pro or anti Brock Purdy.
2: Yeah, it's in, it's interesting because I understand that there are some things that they, getting the, his hand size and Oh, look at how inaccurate he was, or you know, some of the mistakes he made early in the game. And I just find it fascinating because over the last couple of weeks, everybody had been so quick to anoint Jordan Love as like, oh, he's the next elite quarterback in the NFL. And people are ready to, you know, put him in the Hall of Fame already. They were, oh, this guy might be might be better than Favre and might be better than Rogers. And we watched a game on Saturday night where Brock Purdy was struggling. Jordan Love was okay. But when it got down to it and you needed to see these quarterbacks make plays and Brock Purdy had been struggling mightily during that contest. And part of it, you know, Debo Samuel not playing. When it was time to go out there and make the play to get you down the field, he made the plays, And, you know, and then on the other side, Jordan Love was given a, a minute left on the clock for him to to stamp himself as the quarterback of the future of the Packers and actually he probably did. I think that I think that you know losing to the 49ers in the playoffs is as much of the Packers legacy as is Vince Lombardi. So for me, he went out there and didn't make the play. So again, I understand that people want to not credit Brock Purdy for what he does, but you know what when that game was on the line and he needed to make up make something happen He made it happen and it's unfair. And I know that there's many things that happened in the game of like, well, if the kicker didn't miss this, I'm like, well, what about if that drive, if they had finished it off? Like what if what if what if the quarterback had led them on a touchdown instead of settling for a field goal three times in that game? And I know that it's an unfair thing. So I really do I, I laugh at it. I just, you know, and it's one of those things. And I'm, it's personal to me because obviously, because I root for the Bears and I have a bias against that team. But it also goes to for like, because the same thing goes with the Lions. Like, everybody talks about, oh, the Packers are this young team. And I'm like, the Lions are pretty young and they've done a great job uh, with the players that they've drafted with superstars all over the place Sam Laporta, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jameer Gibbs, uh, not to mention David Montgomery and some of the other guys, even Josh Reynolds, uh, starting to get a, starting to get good, uh, uh, make some plays as well. So I find it very, it, I think it's very telling and, and you get fan, you, you get it with fan bases too, you know, watching the Raiders over the last couple of years, like it was very polarizing to be on one side or the other with Derek Carr. Like there was a, a portion of the Raiders fan base that thought he was the guy Hey, you know what? They had so many changes at offensive coordinator. He's never really gotten a shot. And then there are people like, we need to move on. And so I just really think that that's just the way fan bases and the media are in general. And we just see more of it now because we have more access to it. So I kind of chuckle. You can say what you will about Brock Purdy, but he's playing, you know, and uh, like Ed Harris and the rock, when the Navy SEALs are trying to come up through the sewer, he's like, Hey, you're down there. I'm up here, so I don't need to hear it. So that's how I feel, I guess.
0: Uh, Patrick Mahomes gets himself to another AFC Championship <laughs> game, and when you look at this situation, and, and Donovan brought this up on Monday, he's put himself in a situation where he can't lose here with the and uh, on narrative street because the yeah. narrative, if he loses, is well, he got them to an AFC Championship game, and look how bad these receivers were. If he wins, it's like oh. Look what he did with these receivers. He's incredible. He is incredible. We know that. Whereas on the flip side... On the other side of the field is Lamar Jackson. And if he loses here, we're talking (laughs) about, well, Lamar Jackson is just like Josh Allen. Can't win the big game. And, you know, will he ever win one? And can he beat Patrick Mahomes? Like, it's a very interesting narrative when you look at it, because one has everything to lose and the other one has nothing to lose. And you would think based on their careers that it would be the opposite because it's like, oh, Lamar Jackson's got this team here. You know, if they win this, it's great. If they don't, well, nobody expected the Ravens to win. Now you look (laughs) on the other side and it's like, oh boy. Uh, Lamar doesn't win this one. We're having a different conversation here.
2: No. And you talk about the, the Rorschach test of like, what do you see with Lamar Jackson? There's another player who has been unfairly judged over the course of his NFL career. Uh, People trying to pretend that he can't throw a football, despite the fact that he led the league in receiving or touchdown passes one year. And so there is a sense of that. Like that, that makes me, you know, I'm, I'm picking the chiefs, unfortunately, but, it does make me want to root for the Ravens. Like I really like feel like as the week goes on both the, the Ravens and the lions, like I feel more invested, like I should be rooting for these teams, but at the same time, like I, I feel bad for Lamar Jackson. I thought that again, I wish I, I know that he won't because we know the way that the NFL and the NFL fans work. Like he should get that. Like, Hey, nobody really expected them to do this. I went back and looked at my preseason predictions and I had them right around Nine games, uh, nine wins. I had them going to the playoffs, but I had them for nine wins. And I think, you know, one of the reasons why is like, this team always seems to fall apart at the end of the season. Part of it is because Lamar Jackson gets injured at some point or whatever it is, but they've really impressed me. And not only have they impressed me, they've, one of the reasons why I should say is because they go out and beat the good teams. They're not one of these teams that you look at and you're like, hey, they've got 12 wins, but they're one in six against teams Above five hundred, no, they're like ten and one against winning teams. So, I think this is a. I think regardless of what happens, this should be a thing where you're like, "Hey, Lamar Jackson has arrived. He is an elite level quarterback." But that's not going to be the narrative if he loses.
0: I mean, it took uh, it took Peyton Manning a, a while to beat Tom Brady and win a Super Bowl. So, I mean, there's still time. uh, Lots of time okay, left well, for these guys hold in their on.
2: careers. Peyton Manning was on a Super Bowl winning team. He did not win a Super Bowl. That was a Rex Grossman thing.
0: <laughs> I was waiting for
2: that. I should have known better. Um, I do know and he this, pulled the, and then he and then he pulled the weekend at Bernie's in Super Bowl Fifty.
0: Oh, that he definitely did. I I but, want I won a lot of money on Von Miller winning Super Bowl
2: MVP. Then yeah, you did. I it can't was, talk about such things, but yeah, yes, that, I get it. I get it.
0: Uh, listen, you got things to do. Thanks so much for taking uh, so did much you hear time. Did My
2: daughter. My, I don't know no. if you heard my daughter walk in. She I just didn't. Like, and she's we, like, it's time to go. She did, she gave me the rap sign. <laughs> she's like the guy at the back of the improv flashing the flashlight. Yeah, like, hey, sir, you're, you're going done. over your time. You're done. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks, pal. Hey, this was, by the way, this was fun. I love just sitting here, like, yapping it up and, like, talking about weddings and, like, Irish hellos. So this was very informative to, I think, a lot of people today. So thank you so much for having
0: me. Uh, We always enjoy it, pal. Thanks a lot, and uh, go take your kids to school. You got it. (laughs) There he goes, Adam Rank from NFL Network and the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank. Four kids
1: can be late for homeroom because we're out here talking about people no showing at weddings.
0: Yeah, okay, so I had... People no showed at mine, but there was a, a health issue. Okay. So well, that's why so yeah, that's sure. understandable. Um I had I know someone for um my sister in law and brother in law's wedding, and they respond they RSVP'd yes, no showed, and then you never heard from them. Ever again? Like this happened like in the summer, last summer.
1: But like they're still with us?
0: I don't know. It, yeah, they are. Yeah, they didn't... Sorry, I, I probably should have said they didn't die. Well, they mean, they you never heard
1: from them. Like, that's the beginning of a Netflix series.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to think of a really good title for that. The Last Wedding. Um, we got a lot to get to on the other side, including... Till um, death do her. <laughs> save a seat at the funeral. Um, okay, we got... There's, there's a lot of funerals, actually, for uh, some defensive coordinators. Uh, Joe Barry, the latest... He's out in Green Bay. Uh, We got some Jim Harbaugh stuff to talk about. Tell you the hate that I get on that app, man. Uh, And the Raiders have a new GM, and he doesn't have to go very far to switch locales. Um, Trying to figure out what they were thinking with the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, That's all coming up when we come back. This is the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network.
2: Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkers Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: It's the Fan down on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Matt Marchese, Donovan Bennett with you here. And next Tuesday, just a reminder, we will be live 11 a.m. Eastern from Real Sports in downtown Toronto, right next to the Scotia Arena. How many sleeps? Can't wait. It's going to be fun. Good food, good eats, good peeps. I've never hosted a remote. I've I've been at plenty. As a producer, I've never hosted a remote. I've this already a- had somebody reach out and ask if you need tickets. And you do not. You just show up. Just get a table, get a seat. That's it. Assuming we're going to be broadcast in the bar, restaurant, whatever. Um, Joe Barry is out as defensive coordinator in Green Bay after three seasons with the team. I don't know how I feel about this one. I, I mean... There, The Green Bay defense definitely had some warts, but they had big injuries all year. Like Devondre Campbell didn't play a lot. He's fantastic. There's been a lot of changeover with that defense. I think there's going to be more changeover with that defense. Um, Jair Alexander went from one of the best cover corners to, I don't know what the heck Jair Alexander was doing. Like there's a lot of changes, and I don't know if I put all of that
1: on Joe Barry. I do. Okay. It's Two for fair. one, this is not a... A one-year thing. I yeah, think this that's was trending true. That's true. in this direction over the last couple seasons. Two, up until last year's draft, the majority of their high draft pick capital has been spent on the defensive side of the football. Yeah,
0: especially in the first round.
1: So so you would expect to see higher level of production, a yeah. jump, a leap. And then three, they were a very predictable defense to face. And ask many difficult questions. They kind of lined up and played. They they did not keep you up at night, which was what made the the Dallas Cowboys' destruction even more head scratching because they didn't they didn't do anything exotic or new or interesting. Some of the great defenses. What you mentioned, Steve Spagnuolo, and what he's gotten out of his very young group, Mm -hmm. and certainly what McDonald has done. Uh, in Baltimore, what D'Amico Ryan's did in San Fran or Robert Sala did in San Fran. And now they've kept that ethos with a new uh, defensive play caller. Like there is a personality to the defense. You know exactly what types of questions they're going to ask of you, but there is a malleability in terms of we can change given home road, score opponent, I feel like the Green Bay Packers just lined up in base defense and said, "Well, we hope we stop you," and it never <laughs> happened.
0: I, I mean, it does with all the the pieces that they've added on offense. Now it would feel like uh, it would be a disservice to the new defensive coordinator if you did not add a top end piece in the draft on defense, because I would assume that they're going to go in that direction. Um, the offense is kind of set. The offense looked really good. The offensive line. Remember, we talked about how they couldn't keep Jordan Love upright, and they the adjustments that they made throughout the season. Jordan Love was kept very upright, unless he was running uh, on a on a scramble, and, and then he got hit. Generally speaking, he was kept the pocket was kept very clean for Jordan Love. They did a great job. Um, okay, Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers. I put this out yesterday. I was told that his wife was in the meeting and usually that's a pretty good sign that things are, you know, almost done. I was told that it's basically done. So I put it out there. Uh, A lot of people don't like me for it, whatever. Um, Yesterday I said 24 to 48 hours. I still stand by that. He's going to be the head coach of the LA Chargers. I'm convinced of that. And that's someone that's very close to the situation.
1: Does his wife need to be in the meeting? Like, is she going to help push it across the line on no, the last two or three but, things they're negotiating over? But
0: but I don't, I think that's, I think the big part is, is that, and you know this because you're married. If your spouse doesn't want to go somewhere, guess what? You're not going. We've seen that in, with athletes. This athlete wants to get traded from here because their wife doesn't want to live there anymore. It's happened. And I think that's a huge part of it. You have to sell the the other half on being there as well. I mean, no disrespect to the people of Michigan, but L.A. and Michigan are on two different ends of the spectrum. Well, that was my next question. Is and, and Jim Harbaugh's not going back to Michigan with whatever money they pay him because there's going to be sanctions. Like, why would he go back there?
1: Like, it's not happening. Yeah, no disrespect to uh, Sarah Harbaugh, I believe. It's... Yes, it is Sarah's wife. I just, it's Los Angeles or it's. Ann Arbor. I, I've been to Ann Arbor. It's a great, little.
0: No, town. and I, and I get
1: that. Winter Classic there was outstanding, but it, it's it's L.A. And I, I don't know about you, but if I was in a negotiation, the last person I'd want in the room would be my wife. That's what you want, but
0: the ownership also wants to keep her happy. So you need you you have a charity that you would like to. We'll help you out with that. Like there's there's other things that you can do. That make the whole situation better. Here is the other thing: the Spanos family is going to, like, they're not going to lowball Jim Harbaugh here. I think this is just figuring out financial details. I'm it's like to me, like I said, it sounds like it is basically done. So, I mean, we'll see what happens, but it, it it looks like the right fit for me it looks like the right fit for Justin Herbert although there's some rumblings that Greg Roman is going to be the offensive coordinator and i struggle with that a little bit because Greg Roman has had success with a certain type of
1: quarterback that Justin Herbert is not he gets to change his narrative it's a Greg Roman revenge tour
0: yeah i guess um and we'll see and we'll see how uh, you know if and when Harbaugh lands. And I say if and when because crazier things have happened. I'll go with when it happens. and be curious to see how he rounds out his staff.
1: Well, as we wrap this up, one of the reasons why, to me, it's somewhat surprising. Like, we've yet to kick off football for the conference championships. So, it's, it's not exactly early. And a lot of this gets done in the two weeks in between the conference championships and the Super Bowl. When people have a little bit more time. But – Part of the reason why I find this surprising is, look at the big names still on the board. Belichick, Vrabel, technically Harbaugh, potentially Carroll, assuming he still has interest in coaching, which it sounds like he did and someone is interested in him. Generally, there's a race to get this wrapped up because there's a race to fill out your staff. Yeah, You're only as good as your coordinators and your assistants. And the fact that we've seen some minnows in terms of experience, not in terms of what they'll do in the job, S- sign first and some coordinator movement around the league. And we haven't seen the, the big fish sign. I, I, I find that a bit surprising.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, like I said, I think this is just a money thing right now. And that's the only holdup. I think he's going to be the head coach. At this point, I am literally just waiting for the official announcement because I believe that it's going to happen. So we'll leave it at that. Um, speaking of the Chargers, their former GM gets a, a, a job. How stunned were you when you saw Tom Telesco as the GM of the Raiders? As if they, we didn't watch the job that he did with the Chargers. And they, you know, the, I mean, he was also in terms of, and I think this is where we're seeing a little bit of a, a different narrative with the Spanos family. Um, he never really got to spend at the head coaching position. And now he's going into a situation. And this is where the Raiders thing kind of throws me for a loop. I think they made the right decision by bringing back Antonio Pierce. I think that was the right decision based on the way the team played for him. And based on the commentary from, you know, guys like Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs and Max Crosby. But then I see them make this GM. And I don't know who else was up for the job. But you saw what Tom Telesco did over, like, they play in the same division. Am I, what am I missing here?
1: My first thought was why. Yeah, exactly. Like, w- was there a huge appetite for him to get back in the league, not as a director of pro scouting, president of Vance Analytics, but to run the entire thing himself? To me, I thought the obvious answer was Sham Kelly. The interim in the job, there was clearly an alliance between President Sarah Douglas Morgan, uh, Champ Kelly, and Antonio Pierce. They were in lockstep. They were taking photos once, you know, the the previous regimes moved uh, out of the building. And so I thought, okay, if we're running it back at the head coaching level, we're running it back in terms of the interim GM that he had a good relationship with. And so... you bring in, and this is why process is so important. You say, okay, we we like the job the coach is doing. We're going to keep him in place because it seems like our players are going to have a mutiny if we don't. But then yet we're going to bring in a GM after we hire the coach. The GM has had no input on if the coach should be the coach or how the coach should work, how are we building the roster, what the philosophy is, what the – what the type of player we're looking for is, what the schemes we're gonna run. And so now you've got this arranged marriage. And and when you look at the teams looking for GMs, teams looking for coaches, oftentimes the breakdown was two things. One, you didn't win enough, obvious. Two, the relationship wasn't there. There was a breakdown in the relationship. That that was the issue with Tennessee, in terms of GM coach having a different vision. And I and that's why I find this to be odd because, as far as I know, Antonio Pierce has no relationship with him, past prior president. Doesn't mean they can't have a good working relationship, but having those two levels of the organization on the same page is so important. And it, ultimately, it seems like either the GM has no power because the owner's making all the decisions, or you're not valuing what that relationship needs to be.
0: Couple of things there. One, you see, Rand Carthen got promoted to executive VP. I'm trying. I'm still trying to figure out what he did to get that, but that's an entirely different story. Has the owner's ear. Must. Here's the thing with, with this situation with Tom Telesco and Antonio Pierce. It's the same situation that resides in Buffalo right now, which we kind of heard Brandon Bean talk about in the press conference yesterday. The only person that's making the decision on the head coach and the GM as separate entities is the owner. Brandon Bean cannot fire Sean McDermott. Terry Pagula can fire Sean McDermott or Brandon Bean. In this case, Tom Telesco is not going to be able to fire Antonio Pierce. That's going to come to Mark Davis. So I think that is I wonder how much more we see of that. I mean it does depend on the coach too. Like why somebody from London does not know that I'm on the air today. Um so I think that's going to be I, like like Jim Harbaugh is a different story with the chargers because he's going to have, there's a reason why you brought him in and you're going to pay him a lot of money. He's going to have final say on basically everything, right? I think it depends on the coach. Like, so I wonder how much more we see of this from NFL owners that we see more GMs and coaches hired, you know, coaches hired before GMs. And this is how the operation is run.
1: Listen, if you're winning, there's enough credits go around. Yeah. Unless you're Jerry Jones and you need all of the credit, but the issue is when you're losing and you are now creating a scenario where people are invested in their own interest and the first job becomes not winning but keeping your job and then you're starting to say, well, listen, the coach is not getting the most out of the roster. I gave him the players. It's the coach's fault. The coach is saying this roster is flat. I can only do so much. Whereas if they're on lockstep the entire time in terms of what we're trying to do, what we're trying to build, the type of player we want, the scheme we're trying to run, then... Everyone, in a way, is accountable and invested in it working and not just invested in not being to blame. Bears watching, but I don't love that process.
0: And they've got some other decisions that they need to make as well. Um, They've got to hire an offensive coordinator. they got to hire a defensive coordinator. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury is a name that has been linked to the Raiders, which would be interesting because I think it felt like Cliff Kingsbury was kind of in over his head as an NFL head coach, but there are some guys and, and Steve Spagnuolo probably falls into this category. Although yes, they're, they have a different timeline. Um, some guys are just better as coordinators and they're not as good as head coaches because it's just too much. And And I'd be interested to see what uh, Cliff Kingsbury does there. Uh, it's time now for bet slip brought to you by pro line. Plus the only sports book where 100% of the profits go back to Ontario. So we're looking forward to the weekend of games, I mean, what weekend, Sunday games, and the later game between the Lions and the Niners, the total is set at 51.5. The over is paying even money right now. So the Lions have scored 24 or more points in four of their last five games, and in three of the last four games where the starters played, San Fran has scored 24 or more points. It's a high total, Um, but does this not feel to you, and I mean, you could take the opposite approach here. Does this not feel like a game to you where there's going to be a lot of points scored? Yes, As long as the weather is better than it was uh, in San Fran last weekend.
1: And don't worry, Brock Purdy fans, they're not calling for rain. So his small hands can grip the ball. On the weekend in San Fran, and Las Vegas is a desert. So you don't need to worry about rain in that scenario. I do see a lot of points. I look at these two teams offensively in terms of the way they're built, and they're, they're pretty similar. The Lions are almost like a JV version of the Niners. You've got... Amon-Ra as a Swiss Army knife, tough receiver. Debo Samuel, you've got McCaffrey who can do everything out of the backfield. J- Jameer Gibbs, you know Trent Williams. Get him out on screens. a Great feet in his massive. Pinay Sewell, you know, quarterbacks that can manage a game but can be clutch at the end. Purdy and and Goff. And so I, I, I do actually think as well as the Niners' defense has played for the most of the year. And as well as the Lions defenses played of late, I, I think there's a lot of points in this game.
0: The secondaries for me is where this thing gets a little dicey. Because mm-hmm. both have been had. Both can be had in a game where it's like, well, you know, both defenses have been pretty good against the run. It's like, well, we need to open things up here. Let's let's take let's air this ball out. You know, guys like Jamison Williams can make an impact. Um, we'll see about Debo Samuel and his health. Brandon Ayuk. Um, didn't have a great game last week, but it feels like one of those games where Brandon and IU can really step up. I- I'm very curious to see what's going to happen in that one. That was Bet Slip brought to you by ProLine Plus, the only sports book where 100% of the profits go
1: back to Ontario. You know how I would I would flip that and I may want to alter that Bet Slip? The health of Debo Samuel.
0: Yeah, I think that's a huge part of it. We saw what happened with that offense when when he went out and we saw it over the course of the season this is nothing new uh we wanted to get to this bill belichick story about not going to a major market uh a major media market uh let's do that tomorrow because i don't think bill belichick and not that i have any inside sources on this one but i don't know that he's going to be named the head coach of anyone
1: tomorrow lance get ready for us to talk about bill belichick being named the head coach tomorrow this is how this works
0: it's opposite week every week is opposite week on this show i'm pretty sure Well, we'll see what happens. All right. That's going to do it for us here on the Fan Checkdown. Thanks to everybody for listening today. Uh, And if you missed part of the show, download the podcast. Wherever you get your favorite podcast, we are there. Uh, Thanks to Lance Behind the Glass, Donovan Across the Table. That's going to do it for us today. Back tomorrow with more on the Fan Checkdown. Matt Marchese signing off. You've been listening on the Sportsnet Radio Network.